Welcome in everyone to Beyond the Beat with 32 Beat Writers. My name is Zach Heiduk and today I'm here with our head content manager, Matt Olson. Matt, how you doing today? Doing great, Zach. It's uh, it's good to start the off season. Yeah, Sounds yeah, weird. We, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The playoffs are still going on, but we talked uh, with our first like draft analyst already mm-hmm. this year. If you guys didn't catch that, go back and listen to the interview with Jacob and Fonte. Got some good stuff and some previews here for the off season. Uh, you know, and we've got a lot of changes, honestly, that we've made. A lot of exciting stuff coming up in this new year. Matt, do you mind just uh, giving everybody a little bit of an overview as to what maybe they can expect in some of those things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, probably two of the biggest changes for us here at uh, 32BW is that, you know, one, we're going to start attending a lot more events, have that in-person content, which I think is super valuable to what we do as we sift through all the all the noise out there, for lack of a better term. And uh, we're going to sift through that and then actually load it all up onto our new website. Um, yeah. You know, we have a... I know this is this has been a huge undertaking on the back end. Um, something we've not really even showed anyone yet or really told anyone about. But I know one of the biggest limitations to our uh, Patreon content in years past was that you know you would get your summary, which is trust me, there's a lot of hard work and <laughs> love that goes into those. But yes, now you did so much. I mean we the the team collaboration to get those done is just it it takes all of us it's it's truly insane the amount of work that goes into those what i think we now bring the next level of is is we can look at it from a date a team and a player standpoint so we know exactly what's going on in every aspect and that's something that's unique and i think mm-hmm. something that you know our users are really going to enjoy this season as as this has never been done at least to my knowledge, across any platform. So really looking forward to bringing that all to you. Yeah, I think what's great is you're getting information that is curated by us. You know, you, they, everybody likes us for the Twitter X account, um, but this is going to take that to a whole nother level from mm-hmm. the news summaries that we have. Even we're putting it in a space that we're able to control and to put in a much better format for everybody. You've been killing it on that. Uh, super excited with that. Um, and yeah, it, it has been a, a team effort for all those things, but just, uh, I am just super excited about what we're able to offer everybody because like you mentioned, it is unique, you know, other places mm-hmm. do news, but like for our audience, I don't, I think we really will be providing some of the best tools that you can have for news and being up to date on the, the best, you know, information that's the most relevant to you. Uh, and that's exciting. You know, we're not just doing mm-hmm. something that's fun for us. We're also doing something that's super helpful for everybody. Uh, and that's great. So, uh, yeah, and, and I'll be going to the Senior Bowl. Everybody already knows that. Uh, we're going to try <laughs> to get you uh, or uh, ring to either the draft or combine. And I think you're mm-hmm. planning on going to both if you can, which is going to be super great. It's always um, the goal. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's we're doing this for real, man. And uh, I'm excited <laughs> we're going to have – player interviews, coach interviews, anybody Mm -hmm. we can snag while we're down there at the senior bowl, hopefully get some practice tape for everybody. They give us, I think three minutes of tape that we can give you guys every day. Um, But uh, yeah. Hey, if if I can get more as we uh, move past the senior bowl, I'll I'll certainly do that. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we can get. But 
Um, you know, we have a, a big show today. We're talking about all that. Um, you know, make sure to pay attention to our feed, everybody who's out there. If you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know that the fantasy season and the NFL season seems to be winding down, but really, like, this is the time where it's really winding up. If you want to be in the know and ready for the next go around, now is when you want to start paying attention. And this is when it's going to start crunch time again. Um, you know, uh, we're going to be bringing you a lot of things. Like we said, you can't get anywhere else, so make sure to pay attention. We also wanted to give a, a shout out to just everybody who supported us, uh, mm-hmm. be that beat writers or analysts, content writers, and uh, the guests that we've had on, all the support uh, that they've given us, all the, you know, they use our content and stuff, which is cool. Our guides, our summaries, and the other stuff that we do, it's just awesome to see that it's really relevant to the industry and that, uh, you know, it's been used by so many people there. Got a lot of subscribers from very relevant people in in the, the both the fantasy and the regular uh, football industry. So that's awesome. Uh, and, you know, uh, just moving right into the news from that. Let's just jump right in mm-hmm. here. Um, the championship round of the playoffs coming up. Everybody else has been talking about this a lot, so we won't litigate it too much. But uh, just real quick, who you picking? We got uh, Lions at 49ers. We got Chiefs mm-hmm. at Ravens. Who is playing in the Super Bowl? Who's playing in the Super Bowl? You know, the hot and the brain say two different things. Um, (laughs) You know, I I think realistically at this point, almost everyone I talk to, and and including myself, sees that 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Vegas is probably dreading that from a payout standpoint um, because that was a, a huge hammered line. Now, don't get me wrong, like, probably like the rest of America. I want to see, I want the Lions to win. I want to see them find a way to to do it. I every Dan Campbell interview I see, I get a little bit more excited. Um <laughs> you know, I'd love to see them succeed. I think they have the tools to do it. I think Hutchinson could prove, you know, some difficulty um for San Francisco specifically um him, but I really do think at the end of the day bearing some kind of miracle a miracle might be a stretch, but bearing some kind of catastrophe for the 49ers, I do see a 49ers Ravens Super Bowl. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most likely as well, unless it rains during the 49ers game um, and Brock Purdy just can't throw the football. Side note, <laughs> I do think, and I mean, we were on this very early um, on the, like, especially fantasy relevance of Brock Purdy, but he does struggle, it seems like, in the weather. So I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to be an issue. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I would love the lions to win, but it's hard not to just pick the 49ers there. Um, the chiefs, man, it is funny. And I know saying this as a Patriots fan, everybody's going to hate me for, but it just feels <laughs> like everybody's a little tired of them at this point. And, and again, as a Patriots fan, nobody's going to like me say this, but Patrick Mahomes is a little bit of a crybaby, I think, if we saw that this year. <laughs> so I know that for coming from me, that sounds ridiculous, but that's just my personal opinion. So um, that being said, the Ravens, <laughs> I think they just have a better offense and a better defense. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. So that's my pick as well. I, uh, I'm i curious to see if Max chimes in after hearing this and tells you, you need to edit that whole Chiefs segment out. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We've got Cowboys, Chiefs, and Patriots fans on here, so everybody hates all of us. So, um, There uh, also have been some movements, moving on just the coaching uh, hires. Uh, we got some mm-hmm. head coaching news. 
Uh, new coaches that have been hired. We've got the Raven or Raiders, rather, uh, with Antonio Pierce keeping the inside guy. We will see how the pressure put on by Max Crosby uh, to ownership uh, results and things going this <laughs> coming year. I don't know. Uh, they also hired Tom Telesco as their GM, former Chargers GM. Uh, Titans hired Brian Callahan out of Cincinnati, former mm-hmm. coordinator over there. Patriots keep in-house candidate Gerard Mayo. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into that, but uh, I think we've said previously some sort of change needed to happen, and that is a very big cultural shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people were wondering if a former player for Bill and somebody who'd been on his coaching staff was just going to kind of maintain the same thing. Very apparent by the first couple of press conferences, that's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Chargers today just hired Jim Harbaugh. Uh, what yeah. did you take with the Chargers hire there? I mean, it's funny. I was talking to a buddy earlier today about this and, you know, he was like, well, how, you know, jokingly, how did you guys not know that was going to happen? It's like, you know, that's, that might be beyond our bandwidth. Um, but I just, I, I see the Chargers, and we've watched them year after year after year, kind of succeed, kind of get there, have a moment, and then just somehow collapse over the next two years in, in, in almost a terrible way. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it has been injuries at untimely um, times. Or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, but I I guess what I'm saying is I'll see it when I believe it. I don't know that he's the answer. I think he's probably the best hire that they could have gotten. I think Chargers fans are probably excited because of the hire. And I think that is important as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't see the team vastly improving under him in year one. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see they were left in a little bit of a cap situation. I think they have like the second or third highest amount mm-hmm. of the cap or something like that with like 58 million, which I mean, you know, people figure that out. But um, I did have a friend arguing with me, uh, my invisible friend, Paul, who I mention every once in a while, but will never appear on the show. Um, Jim Harbaugh's 0.695 regular season win percentage with the 49ers from 2011 to 2014 is the fifth highest in NFL history with a minimum of 50 games now. So he was 44, 19 and one, but I mean, that's a four year sample size. I get it. Like it was still really good, but like ranking him with, you know, Vince Lombardi and, John Madden just because of his winning record over Mm -hmm. four years feels a little bit extreme to just assume that that's definitely going to happen. Herbert is certainly going to help. But yeah, so I think for the Chargers organization, I mean, he's going to bring them some pop and hopefully relevance to the team that they haven't had for a while. So I get the hire, but I just frankly don't like, it seems like he has struggles to get along with anybody. So we'll see how long this lasts. I mean, he was almost hired with the Vikings a couple years ago. And it basically, mm-hmm. he basically said, Hey, this job is mine. And then it blew up at his face and they hired uh, Kevin O'Connell who had never had any like serious coaching job. I mean, he did in the NFL, but not like it was just kind of a surprise, you know? Um, so anyways, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but I'm sure there's going to be some interesting stories and not more than uh, a couple scandals. So, <laughs> um, 
I mean, that's the crazy thing. You know, he's like a super important candidate and Michigan just went through some of the craziest stuff this year that has ever happened. And so anyways, uh, still vacant though. We got the Falcons, Panthers, Commanders, and Seahawks. Falcons, who everybody thought was going to hire uh, Mr. Belichick. Hasn't gone that way yet. And uh, the Panthers uh, and Falcons both feel like they've been uh, just interviewing everybody under the sun. Mm-hmm. Not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, if you have any quick thoughts on that, we can hit it. Otherwise, we will move into some other stuff. I thought, did the Commanders not hire a head coach today? If they did, that's a big miss on my part, but I don't think so. They hired a GM a couple days ago uh, with, uh, is it Andrew Peters? Peter Andrew. I feel like there was news about Ben Johnson, but. I think he was like listed as maybe their favorite. We can go back to our Twitter and see. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. And it came, this is going to sound sad, but I think it came from Sports Illustrated, which. Might not mm. be the uh, most trustworthy situation currently. Yeah, that's a wild situation there. I don't mm-hmm. know what to even think with that. I feel bad for everybody that's it's involved. Terrible. I don't even know how it's going to be impacting everybody. But, um, yeah, as a side note, don't use Twitter on uh, the computer. It is the worst. <laughs> it's um, terrible. But I'm trying to look here. No, you. I mean, it would be all Yeah. No, I don't see anything specific to it. So I'm going to say no. But that being said, uh, let's get on our soapbox here real quick. Do you want to go first or me? No, go ahead. Take it. Okay. I I got two things. I'll try to put, (laughs) I'll I'll try to, I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it quick here. All right. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Bears, what in the heck are you doing? (laughs) Courtney Cronin put a great tweet out. There's like she had like a list of three bullet points that was just great laying it out. But here's the thing: they're keeping their head coach, they're firing everybody else, and they're trading Justin Fields. You know what? I'm fine with trading Justin Fields, but why are you keeping the head coach? Uh, I am pretty confident that they are going to be drafting Caleb Williams with one overall. Had our conversation with Jacob Infante. He felt the same way. They brought in Cliff Kingsbury, and you don't do that unless you're going to be drafting Caleb Williams. They didn't hire him yet. Maybe I don't know. The Eagles have some interest in him as well. Wild, I know, but. The point is, if you're not doing draft research on Caleb Williams or planning to draft him, you don't bring him in. You don't plan on doing draft research on a guy that you're not going to draft for sure if you're keeping fields. So in my opinion, it's pretty obvious that that's what they're going to be doing. I don't understand why you do that because you're just going to be if if it goes poorly or oddly poorly, he's going to have a second head coach and a second um you know, offensive coordinator in the NFL. I feel like you're just starting the process now to screw up your draft prospect <laughs> before it even starts. Also, can everybody just lay off the tush push stuff? He, it's not going to get banned this year. This is, I know this is two topics, but it's not going to get banned. I'm going to be very quick here. They basically already said at the last owners' meetings, December 13th, it's it's not going to work. It's not going to get through uh, to be banned. Also, it's been stuffed several times now, including the playoffs. Green Bay and the Eagles both got stuffed, including the Eagles uh, on a failed touchdown. Who lost in round one? I don't think it gave them that significant of an advantage, <laughs> if you ask me there. Uh, per Albert Breer, on December 13th, 2023, NFL's Troy Vincent on the Philly push play push mentions that he's heard several people say the league would look to eliminate it that was false this play has evolved the nfl's jeff miller also said that the sample size is too small to draw conclusions on the dangers of the play and vincent added that the league wouldn't want to change something simply because a single team who for the record failed in the playoffs with it 
is good at it. So that's my soapbox. We can just put that aside. Everybody can stop worrying about their Jalen Hurts shares in <laughs> fantasy. It's going to be okay. I think we should just do Zach Kaidu soapboxes. You get so animated every time we do these. I love it. <laughs> I it's my favorite. It's my favorite segment because I get to just do. I want to like hype it up and put like actual like ticking you know music behind it. We'll get there. So what do you got for us? I mean, I'm gonna just go on that. Uh, you know, we're gonna start to dive in, and there's gonna be a lot of hype train starting um specifically with rookies i mean we're looking at next week we have the shrine bowl and the senior bowl obviously and from last year we saw a ton of uh prospects come out of that with seriously or serious increases in their draft stock um i i have to imagine and you know zach correct me if i'm wrong here but i have to imagine zay flowers in the shrine bowl was the biggest shoot up um that at least i can think of off the top of my head i mean he mm. no pun intended he shined at the shrine um <laughs> but you know he he really did well for himself and i i guess what i'm getting at is there's going to be guys in these games that do really really well and mm. the hype is going to start really really fast i just think you know we we get a lot of people who start you know these early dynasty drafts and startup drafts and so on and so forth because you know everyone's excited oh we got these guys let's just start drafting you know and it's funny i hear more and more about people drafting before you know the actual nfl draft because they're so excited about these guys and that's not going to go away um i just you know after last year's rookie class i just like to give everyone that like take everything in that's what hopefully we can help you out with that but there's going to be a lot of noise Last year, there was tons of rookies. I actually counted today. Um, my notes say roughly 40, but it was 41 that of what I would call dynasty-relevant rookies last year. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give that slight shout-out to Zach Ring, who uh, his three-pepper spicy take last year was that uh, two rookies would finish in the top 10 tight ends and he obviously hit number one overall with Sam Laporta and Kincaid finished 12th. So I feel like we're going to give it to him. Um, But to end my soapbox, buyer beware, let the trains play themselves out where the guys get drafted is really what matters in in terms of their readiness to contribute to your fantasy team. So enjoy the train, jump on, have some fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. We'll see how everything goes in this next couple of weeks. It is very relevant, the week of practices, particularly mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl, how those go, the drills go. It will impact their draft spot. Um, and if you are drafting early, yeah, do yourself a favor and be paying attention to that. I mean, there were a lot of very dynasty-relevant people, like you mentioned, just off mm-hmm. the top of my head at the Senior Bowl last year, Jaden Reed. Puka Nakua, Dontavian Wicks, uh, Tajay Spears, who, uh, you know, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, there's like six, seven or eight relevant, mm-hmm. very relevant people there. Jaden Reed, if I didn't mention him already, I probably did. But uh, there's a lot of guys. So watch out. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's actually get into that a little bit, if you don't mind. You know, looking forward to the practices and the week practices at the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl as they evolve. Who are you kind of looking at? 
just one guy maybe that uh, is interesting to you uh, that you're kind of keeping an eye on? Sure. Um, you know, this is, I'm not going to lie, it's a pretty difficult decision, but I ended up landing the plane on uh, Lad McConkey. Um, I just, I went back and watched a good amount of tape of him. And I mean, the route running on this guy is just, it's, it's amazing. I, I don't think I've seen the kind of ball skills he has where he just seems to know where the ball is before it even gets to him. And, and it's due to that route running and being, having that connection, you know, he does, he's a guy that'll take on the middle of the field. He'll do that dirty work. He'll drive, you know, his foot in the ground and, and lunge for that extra yard when you need it and take that hit just to get it. And, you know, I, I think Jacob Infante did a great job of it, you know, kind of overshadowing this and the, like that stuff you can't learn or teach. Those are instincts that you have, um, you know, route running, obviously we see players get better here and there. So, but someone who comes with crisp routes out of college normally is able to replicate that in the NFL. Um, I think that mixed with his ball skill is, uh, is going to at least he's going to have his moments and, uh, I'm going to, I'm very curious where he ends up getting drafted. You know, if he can find a way to get more physical, you know, right now he does, he does get shoved around a lot. He's, if he ends up on a bigger bodied, you know, corner or, or even some safety coming up to him, he does tend to get knocked off his route and he, and he can't muscle his way in. But if he can find a way to uh, manage that, get, start getting separation, um, especially when he's on the outside of the numbers, I, I really think he can produce. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see him down there. Um, our guy Milo had him as a day two draft grade right now, maybe looking at the chargers or chiefs as potential teams, you know, char- uh, chiefs like to take a guy in the second round every year, apparently at wide receiver. So we'll see how that goes there. Um, and anybody who's drafted with Patrick Mahomes would obviously be exciting. So, uh, one of the guys that I'm looking at, more of a day three guy, I also mentioned him on the last podcast as I spoke with uh, Jacob there, is uh, Dylan Lauby. I mean, the guy, he's uh, out of New Hampshire, so he's not, you know, a big school necessarily, but uh, he's 5'10", 208, at least according to uh, the team website. Which <laughs> Maybe they're giving him a little boost there. But uh, I think the thing that's just awesome with him who was it that you compared him to? You said he's the next uh, – oh, man, I'm losing. I said Danny Woodhead before we got There started. you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Danny. Like, I mean, this running back class does not have a lot of juice as far as, like, somebody who's really separated themselves. And I would love to get a guy who's just amazing at catching passes and take a shot on him if I'm drafting mm-hmm. a dynasty team or something like that. He broke their program record for a single game receiving yards, receiving yards with 295 uh, for with a career high 12 receptions um, against Central Michigan. Uh, you know, it's uh, that 295 receiving yards. Again, this is a running back, ranks fourth in CAA football history, and he finished on the day with 371 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns, um, including the 71 and an 80-yard touchdown reception. So, I mean, the guy can catch the football, and he can catch a lot of footballs, and he can do a lot with them after the catch. Some of them are screens, some of them are outside, uh, and that, I think, is what's exciting to me. Not a lot of 
running backs can actually line up outside and be legitimately dangerous. Christian McCaffrey is one of the very few in the NFL who can actually do that. And I'm not saying this guy is Christian McCaffrey, but if he can do anything like that and actually legitimately line up outside and be legitimately a threat to the defense as a slot wide receiver would be basically um i'm excited to see if we can see any of that down at the senior bowl so i'll be looking for him uh, specifically uh you know the shrine bowl is also coming up uh, i think a week or two after mm-hmm. um after the uh super bowl uh the big game if i'm not allowed to say super bowl uh <laughs> Who are you looking for uh, that? I haven't done a lot of work on those who are going to be at the Shrine Bowl yet, but do you think anybody's there who is capable of making an impact? Uh, I mean, there's two guys I like that kind of jumped out to me as I was looking through it. Um, you know, the first one is uh, Kedon Slovis. I, I mean, I watched this guy play a couple games, you know, at Pitt uh, before he transferred out, but... I th- really think his athletic ability is underrated. Um, hmm. There was a lot of talk about, you know, McCarthy and his his underrated ability to, you know, get outside the pocket, make things happen. Um, Slovis kind of shows that same kind of uh, skill set, I guess, for lack of a better term. The only thing that really is going to kill him and something that he hasn't – I haven't seen him get over from, from the tape I've watched is – Sometimes really slow in his progressions, and he and he will force balls to receivers. But it goes back to that he has that athletic talent, and you could do a lot worse. Kind of to your point um, with Dylan that you made, you can do a lot worse with someone who doesn't, you know, doesn't possess that and might be more of a pocket guy and just hanging in there. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what he does. He ended his season a little early. Uh, this year due to injury, but it sounds like all systems go for the Shrine Bowl. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting after that little layoff what he comes back with because he has been working on things. And I think his negatives were very obvious, hopefully for him and his coaches. So curious to see what he does there. Um, the other guy, and this is honestly pretty fun to even be saying this, is uh, Frank <laughs> Gore Jr. It's also very scary that I'm saying that considering – you know, Frank Gore didn't leave this league that long ago. <laughs> I think it wasn't last year, but the year before. Like, he was talking about playing in the league with his mm-hmm. son. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, that's just incredible. That guy was an iron horse. He, you know, if his son is one-tenth of a talent, then, mm. you know, we have something there. Um, the one thing that is great about, you know, Frank Gore Jr. is his receiving ability. Um, and the one thing we'll call that great. The one thing I, I love about him is he's also a fully capable blocker. He can get, he's very physical. He's, he's gonna, that, that normally leads to rookie playing time when, you know, mm-hmm. that time is up for grabs. And I think if he can slot in, I think obviously he has the pedigree. He has the history. You know, if, if, my father was Frank Gore, and he was like, hey, I got a few pointers for you. I'd, I'd probably listen to him and pick up on them. <laughs> um, you know, he does sometimes get too physical. I know that sounds crazy, but he loves contact. And at the next mm-hmm. level, he's going to he's gonna have to learn to avoid that in certain situations. Um, you don't always have to fight. 
Yeah. You know, there, there are other, there's finesse to this game now more than ever. And I think if he can find that balance, it's someone that you should keep an eye on. Yeah. I think when you say that, it brings to mind, um, I'm trying to remember maybe it's Nate Tice who said that, um, Damian Pierce, uh, running back with the Texans, mm-hmm. you know, you always see him looking for the path of most resistance. You know, he's always looking to just smash somebody. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you could just like angle this way and, you know, you'd probably get another 10 yards. But, <laughs> um, so I, I get it. You know, it's football and big mm-hmm. guy go smash, but like Hulk smash, I, like I get that. Uh, and if I could do that, I'd probably want to do the same thing. But yeah, just uh, trying to see what you can actually do to just do the best thing. I'm trying to, who was it in the playoff game? Uh, ah, never mind. I'll, 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 I'll get past that. Um, let's move on here quick to, uh, the free agents that we've got upcoming here. I think a lot of people are excited about some of the upcoming, uh, free agents, but, uh, who are you most excited about maybe finding uh, a potential new home this coming year? Where do you want them to land? Why any details there? Um, so you know, those who don't know, I uh, currently reside in Nashville and, um, you know, seeing that for lack of something better to call it that Henry goodbye um, to the Titans fans on that last game, you know, that that's about that. I think that pretty much sailed his faith and that or faith in that he's leaving Tennessee. Um, there was a lot of talk about this during the year of him getting traded and going, you know, to a different team. And I think, you know, I, I still believe that him on the Baltimore Ravens would be an absolute mm-hmm. great matchup or a great, yeah, match. <laughs> um, a big part of that is, I honestly, the emergence of Mitchell in that backfield. You know, mm-hmm. Gus Edwards is a free agent this year. He's He's been really good for them. Um, I mean, this is no knock on Gus Edwards, but... If you can get Derrick Henry in at reasonable money, you know, you, in theory, still have Hill hanging around. Um, he can be cut for only a 500K cap hit, which would save mm-hmm. them about $2.4 million so that, you know, if if Hill has to go to get in Henry, then I don't, yeah. I don't see why you don't do that. Um, and I just love the combination of, Henry and Mitchell. I think that would be such a great backfield for the Ravens to run out of. You have complementary skill sets there, but you also have we've seen flashes from Mitchell this year that you know, if we keep his numbers and and he's not getting crushed regularly and you're just letting Henry continue to be who he is as a workhorse back, you know, and that power back, you know, and then let's not forget you also have Lamar Jackson sitting back there. Um, could make for a very, very dynamic offense. So I, that's really one I would love to see. It's probably my, it is my top pick if I had to choose. Um, I just think the path is so clear to make it happen. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that uh, you you make the point of uh, Hill because I can't imagine two point four million. Like, how much is Derrick Henry really going to command? In uh, I don't know. You know, as as a free agent, I don't know how much money he really would make. 
Um, especially when, what was it like Josh Jacobs getting $11 million in his prime or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, hopefully I'm not way off on that, but I'm pretty sure that was the number. So I can't imagine a 30 year old running back, no matter, you know, how good he's been in the past. So they probably can bring him in at a relatively affordable rate and you have to, you know, have somebody to steal the passing touchdowns, uh, from uh, March actions. So, <laughs> um, uh, to the, the tears, uh, of my fantasy team. So <laughs> I, I think for me, uh, with the wide receivers, I think my biggest thing and one of the bigger takeaways here is I see a lot of people getting excited about the fact that T Higgins or Mike Evans or Michael Pittman are going to be hitting the market. And I just want everybody to slow down a bit on that because I don't think I would be shocked if, less than two of those three stayed with their current team. I would not be shocked if all three of them stayed. Now, Mike Evans, I think, is certainly the most unlikely to stay where he's at. But um, I don't think it's a done deal for sure that he, you know, doesn't uh, stay there. I could be wrong on that. But T. Higgins, for sure. Michael Pittman, they're young enough. Guys like that, they just don't hit the market. I mean... They don't. Um, at least they don't in the past five years or so. Uh, those guys get traded uh, or signed or tagged. You know, think of AJ Brown or mm-hmm. somebody like that. Marquise Brown, even. You know, even if the team doesn't necessarily want them or is willing to trade them, they just don't hit the market. Somebody else is willing to pay for them. And Michael Pittman and T. Higgins fit that mold. They're going to get tagged and they're going to either sign or or leave maybe the next year, but definitely not this year, in my opinion. So that leaves people like Calvin Ridley. Uh, Hollywood Brown, there we go. Um, Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney, Curtis Samuel, OBJ, if you care about him. And then another guy who's interesting, uh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd definitely won't be back for the Bengals. So, um, you know, Calvin Ridley, I think they have an option to keep him, but then their pick escalate. I I forget exactly how that whole thing works, but um, I think they would owe more somehow to the foul. Am I totally Hmm. wrong on that? Sounds vaguely familiar. I, I should be I, uh, more dumb I'm, than I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I should too if I'm going to be talking about it, I suppose. But uh, if Calvin Ridley goes somewhere else, I think disappointed uh, would be the word that you would use for the entire Jaguars offense outside of Travis. Mm-hmm. And, and then even then there were times uh, this past year where you were. So um, I think that, I don't know, getting away. I, I just don't know how to honestly think about all these guys because most of the time if you go somewhere in free agency it's not necessarily a good thing as a wide mm. receiver um because you're gonna probably go to somewhere that's willing to pay you the most and that makes the most sense as a personal you know decision but that doesn't mean you're going to be going to the place where you're going to be the most productive so mm-hmm. I, I tend to like guys that are traded uh or or drafted uh somewhere rather than uh free agency but my main takeaway there is don't assume that t higgins and michael pittman are going to be moving uh those guys are probably going to stay where they're at so if, if however that breaks down for you that's uh that's what i got so any final notes before we head out and say goodbye to the people no i uh i think i'm as excited to use as you to see how that all plays out you know, it's uh that's a good list of, of names that could make impacts, you know, on other teams to your point, if it's the right fit. So definitely mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on there. Yep. Totally agree. Gabe Davis, you know, is up and down as he's been, maybe he'll find some consistently somewhere. Uh, and honestly, they all kind of have that same 
vibe. You know, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney. Name me four guys who everybody's gotten excited <laughs> about at some point and been disappointed in all at the same time, right? So, all right. Well, hey, I did want to just thank everybody for joining us. We're glad to have you with us on this episode of Drum Beats. Don't forget to like, rate, review, and repost help out the show also if you haven't yet be sure to check out that new website and our patreon for all of our previous podcasts as well as the new content we're dropping for you guys for matt olson and for all of the 32b writer staff i'm zach Hyde. we'll see you guys later